Hello, saucers, and welcome to season two, episode 14. We have a very special guest this week. Ashley Carter, who is the founder and CEO of Beyond Perfect, started a business to help people with perfectionism. This episode is just a great conversation, actually around the flaws of perfectionism. And do you have to be a perfectionist to be a high achiever? And if you want to work on your perfectionism, can you still be a high achiever? Really good conversations, really good tips. And while you may say, I'm not going to listen to this, I'm not a perfectionist, this episode isn't for me, I challenge you to tune in. Thank you always for listening, Saucers, and hope you are great. Hi, and welcome to the Sauce Podcast, where you will meet your hosts, Molly McKinstry and me, Liz Hajar. We are two colleagues turned friends who worked together in tech sales for nearly 10 years. Throughout those 10 years, we grew a lot personally and professionally. Today, Molly runs a sales org at a tech startup. She lives in Denver, Colorado with four children. I live in London and I'm running a sales team and for Northern Europe of a tech startup as well. Molly and I are different in many ways, but share the same values and drive. And that is how we built a wonderful friendship. But we no longer work together at the same company. We put our heads together and dreamed up the Sauce Podcast. We wanted to have a platform that would build a community where we and others share all their business tips, tricks, and perspectives we or they have learned along the way. So Saucers, tune in each week as Molly and I share business tips and tricks and have fun with us along the way. Hi, Lizzie. Mal, hello. So excited to share this interview with the saucers today. We had Ashley Carter. We got to sit down with Ashley Carter, who is the founder of Beyond Perfect. I really think you all are going to love hearing from Ashley. She is an incredibly smart, incredibly talented person. Went to Harvard, got her MBA at Stanford, a lot of time in consulting, and she started Beyond Perfect to help high achievers let go of these perfectionist patterns, which was the whole conversation kind of mind blowing for me. And I think both of us, what did you Mm -hmm. take from it? Okay. So this might've been very narrow-minded of me, but perfectionist and perfectionism. Well, you've said I'm self-proclaimed a perfectionist and I'm like, I'm not, but I'm talking about that, like formatting emails and color schemes and making sure all my words are perfectly, you know, um, sentences are perfectly structured. But that was so narrow-minded me because she talks about perfectionism Mm -hmm. from needing to be reliable all the time, needing to always accomplish tasks at your best of your ability. And I don't know, it was just honestly, Saucers, I think you're going to love this. It was just such a great conversation. Thank you, Ashley. Yes. Thank you, Ashley. What about you, you Uh, Oh my gosh. I just felt like the high achiever wanting to be the best all the time, settling for nothing but perfection. She just gives so many really powerful, you know, insights here. And I, I know the saucers are going to love it. So everybody enjoy, enjoy it. And as you listen to it, you see here some of my epiphanies, but just remember to be bold. If some of you guys relate to this, be bold and try new things. Yes. And, and eat dessert. Always eat dessert. Maybe while you listen. Always. Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> and thanks, saucers. Bye, all. Ashley, hello. We are so excited to have you here today. Before we... Hi. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I think just to get started, it would be so helpful for the saucers to hear just a little bit more about your background and what led you to start Beyond Perfect. 
Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for having me here today. It's just so, so nice to be with you. And, you know, I want to thank you most importantly for bringing attention to the topic of perfectionism. So yes, let me jump in and share just a little bit more about my own story and what led me to doing this work. Um, I am fortunate uh, to have grown up in a, in a loving home here in Colorado, where I'm now based with access to amazing educational opportunities. But just because of the way I'm wired, I have always had such a strong internal drive. And I, I worked really hard as a young person uh, and found that that was rewarded in the form of getting good grades, which then led to the incredible opportunity to you know, go to college at Harvard and, and business school at Stanford, all of that, that um, which set me up then to take on you know, big jobs at, you know, consulting firms and helping lead organizations that have had a really positive impact on the world. And I, I share all of that because, you know, as is the case for so many of the women that, that I work with, you know, perfectionism served me really well in a lot of ways in my young life. Um, I don't know if you two can can relate to that, um, you know, but I was rewarded for this way of showing up in the world uh, in a lot of ways. But in my early 30s, I really, really started to notice the limits of this perfectionist approach to life, this superpower I had always seemed to have related to working long hours with extreme conscientiousness was no longer enough to solve the thorny social challenges my organization was tackling. And, and I found that I was burning myself out in the process. And then as I became a mom, I found that no matter how perfectly I followed the instructions of the parenting guidance I was given. My, my kids would just not react in the ways promised. And I found myself falling into this cycle of trying harder, working harder, sleeping less, blaming myself, you know, looking to others to try to figure out what, what I must be doing wrong. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and um, I found uh, myself hitting a breaking point. I, I had just started an amazing job uh, that I had been working toward. I was working with an awesome team, uh, but I realized just how deeply burned out I was from operating this way. And, and I sadly had to walk away from that job as a result. And I realized that if I was going to be successful in my career, if I was going to be able to stay the course and enjoy my work and also try to be the, the type of present mom I wanted to be, you know, I was going to have to fundamentally figure out a different way of operating. So mm -hmm. I launched a period of, of study, of experimentation, trying out new and different approaches to to showing up in the world. And it was just such a relief, Liz and Molly, to, you know, to, you know, feel lighter, you know, more like myself again, um, mm -hmm. you know, to reconnect with, with people in my life in a more authentic way to experience greater satisfaction. And in the process, I realized how many women out there are, are like myself who are struggling in such similar ways, wanting to leave behind some of these perfectionist patterns that are limiting them professionally, personally, in terms of their satisfaction, taking a toll on their mental health. And all of that led me to, um, to start Beyond Perfect, uh, which is a training program that's helping high achieving women um, like myself, like ourselves, you know, let go of some of those perfectionist patterns that, again, are limiting their professional success, are limiting their, their personal satisfaction. And it's just been such a joy to get to do this work and connect with amazing women like yourself in the process. 
It's amazing. I mean, that is like so, so many just aha <laughs> moments and everything you just said. And starting with, I think the, the reality and realization of the reward pattern you kind of reference, right. Of like that incredible work ethic, that exceptional intrinsic drive and discipline those are gifts in so many ways. And then, and then you, you see the reward for showing up that way and operating that way. And to your point over time, and as the responsibilities grow and, you know, as what you're accountable to increases, it's so real that you, you kind of, you know, hit this point of, oh my gosh, can I still operate at this level with all of these things um, even if the, even if the voice inside is like, well, you have to, cause this is how you get rewarded. This is how you get recognized. You have to, right. Or like you've lived up to this, this standard or everybody relies on me is kind of where I go on some of that. And like, yes. I think that that's very, very real. Yeah. And Mo, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but like, no. I think also what's so interesting, Ashley, is you talk about your, in kind of your early thirties is where you kind of were like, whoa, like, how do I keep doing this? And I think so many of us are you know, rewarded for that greatness we do when we're in our teens, 20 school age or whatever it might be. But like, we can go sleepless nights. We can do that. We don't have as much responsibilities, but as these perfectionists or these high performers, you know, suddenly bring on more responsibilities. Molly, you're kind of talking about how do we, how do we handle that? And without, yeah. without breaking down, you know, yeah, it's very no. common to break down. I think, I think you two nailed it. I mean, there are just so many good reasons that we have developed the perfectionist patterns that we have so many understandable reasons. I mean, we've talked about how many of us have been rewarded for, for operating this way, that cycle of good, yeah. good grades to good schools to good jobs and just kind of staying on that, that treadmill. But then there are others of us who have de- developed perfectionism in response to trauma or, or triggering mm-hmm. life events, like becoming mm-hmm. a parent or losing a loved one, living through a global pandemic, perhaps. Uh, and our perfectionism has served us well in, in a lot of these ways. But as you've alluded to, like as our jobs become bigger, as they become more ambiguous, more complex, um, as we take on these leadership roles, we find that, you know, this approach of, you know, checking the box on a certain set of things, replying to every email, you know, as you put it, staying up late and, and yeah. pushing through, you know, that approach yeah. just, it doesn't work. And it takes a massive, massive toll on us. And, and we have a hard time seeing that there is a different way to operate, mm. right? Because this approach, this pattern has worked for us for so long. We just think, okay, I need to be a little bit more perfect. And so we dig into this pattern more and more instead of pulling up a level and seeing, okay, there actually is a different way of operating. It feels so scary. It feels so terrifying to contemplate choosing a different approach. We think it's our perfectionism that has earned us our success and that will continue to earn us our success. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a good segue to just talking a little bit further about perfectionism and and kind of the definition of that. And I, I know you've said a few times now, like perf- perfection patterns, maybe. We have actually talked quite a bit on the sauce about being perfectionists. And I, I know I have, you know, self-described myself, I think in several ep- episodes as, as being a perfectionist and um, probably with some self-deprecating humor of like, eh, you know, not, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, right? But it's just such an important conversation to have. And I would love to hear from you, Ashley, of what do you think 
perfectionism is, and, and maybe it's this term of perfection patterns that, that mm. you're using. Yeah, no, thanks for the question, especially because so many people, when you say I'm a perfectionist, they, they think they think you're saying that you think you're you're perfect, but it's actually the complete no. opposite of that, <laughs> no. right? You know, like perfectionists, I, I would say that the core definition um, of perfectionism in my mind is striving for an unreasonable and unrealistic standard of perfection. And then beating ourselves up when we don't meet that impossible standard, which we inevitably don't meet. Uh, but, you know, as you alluded to, perfectionism really, you know, can show up in some parts of our lives or not others. It, it may show up in some chapters of our lives or not others. Uh, it manifests itself in so many different personality types and behaviors. So, you know, I, as you you said, Molly, like to speak about perfectionist patterns because I think it's it's not so black and white as saying I am a perfectionist or I'm not a perfectionist. And I think that can sometimes trip people up because they see these patterns in some parts of their lives um, or, or not others. Um, that said, though, I do think um, perfectionists tend to share some things in common. Um, you know, in, in the research I've done and the women that I've worked with, I've seen that perfectionism is often marked by some combination um, of character of, of three characteristics in particular. So the first characteristic that I tend to see is some form of black and white thinking, you know, an all or nothing perspective or just seeing the world at, at its extremes. Um, you know, we often believe that yes. there are only a small number of outcomes that, that are acceptable and there's typically a best way uh, to achieve any given outcome. So that's, that's one characteristic. The second um, relates to control, either a, a, a strong desire for control, a need for control, we have a tendency to believe that through hard work, through conscientious effort, we not only can control most outcomes, but we should try to control most outcomes. And, and that becomes hard in a world that becomes increasingly complex and uncontrollable as we age or become parents or take on more challenging jobs. And then the third characteristic I tend to see is a fear of failure, a very healthy fear of failure. We believe as perfectionists that we have very good, very valid reasons for fearing not achieving the outcomes that we have defined as acceptable. For whatever reason, we've, we've defined those outcomes to be, be acceptable. Um, and so taken together, these patterns often lead us to get stuck in what I describe as the perfectionist cycle, you know, which is essentially a way of seeing the world, of operating in the world that um, ends up being marked by a great deal of shame, of rigidity, fear. Um, and, and like I mentioned a moment ago, it's hard to get unstuck from that cycle because we believe our, you know, if we're just a little bit more perfect, if we just lean in a little bit more um, to what we're doing, then, then we, we won't feel that shame, um, you know, that self-blame, that fear that we often uh, fall into. Yeah. And I think actually I'd love to pause right here, Ashley, because Maul goes, Maul, I hope you don't mind if we say this, but we've talked about on the sauce. And maybe you say, I'm a self-proclaimed perfectionist or I am a perfectionist, right? And sometimes I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a perfectionist. And I kind of think of it as, and we talked about this, actually, I kind of think of it as, listen, you're not going to get the most perfectly outlined structure from me. It might, I might not have, I might have a spelling error. I might have miscapitalized letters. Not everything, not all my I's are dotted and T's are crossed or a little bit how I think about it. But as I did some research, as you were going to come on here, I really think about how like reliability is super important to me. High mm -hmm. achieving is super important to me. And just talking about that, just you talk about some of those things. It's like, 
black and white thinking. Yep. And over the years I've worked at, I've like thought about that. Um, but how hard work can control most outcomes is probably one that even sits with me today. And like, as I've gotten older, try to kind of understand that. But I think it's really interesting to hear the word perfectionism defined because it actually my, to me, it's actually, as you break it down a little bit different than what probably I would have defined as absolute perfectionism. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that really resonates, Liz. And I, and I would also call out, you know, another misconception uh, that yeah. a lot of people have um, about perfectionism that I think it's uh, important to unpack is, is that it's the same as striving for excellence. People are so afraid to give up some of these patterns because they believe that that means they can't be excellent. They, they can't um, strive for their best. And the reality is, uh, you know, I, with the women I work with, I say, I'm not going to ask you to give up being your best. I'm not going to ask you to give up striving for excellence, but I am going to ask you to give up that impossible, that unrealistic standard you may have for yourself or for others in your life yeah. and then beating yourself up, being so hard on others in your life when, when you, when they inevitably can't meet uh, those impossible standards. This is so real. So real, Ashley. So yeah. I interrupt you, but you were kind of going down there as, as we define perfectionism, I'm curious, maybe you can dive a little bit more and you kind of said that you, people start beating themselves up, but what is the downside? Cause you know, sometimes we think, Oh, look at I'm perfect and I'm high achiever and look at everything that I've done in my life and I'm where I want to be, but there's a downside because there's eventual burnout or what, what would you kind of say is the downside to perfectionism? Yeah, no, I think it's it's a great question. And for your perfectionists tuning in, as I talk about this, they might start to be really hard on themselves. And so I just want to start by calling out again, there are very good reasons that we have developed the perfectionist patterns that we have. And, and when we're operating from a place of health, we bring so many positive qualities to the table. You know, as, as you spoke to us, we're reliable, right? We, we're discerning, we're realistic, we're wise, we're principled. We, we are so many good things. And that's why a lot of people love having a perfectionist in their lives or on their teams. Um, but, you know, as we've talked about, when taken too far, when we, yeah. when we overdo these otherwise positive qualities, when we take them to our their extremes as our black and white thinking leads us to do, you know, perfectionism does start to serve us less well over time. It does uh, take a toll uh, on our lives. Um, in the research that I've done among hundreds of high achievers, um, I've seen that those who strongly identify as perfectionists are significantly less satisfied with the quality of their mental health. Um, we are 14% more burned out than average, which is not surprising uh, because perfectionists work or report working an additional 260 hours per year relative to their non-perfectionist but still high achieving uh, peers. And we report feeling like we have a fewer number of relationships that we can turn to in a moment of need and ask for help because perfectionists don't like to ask for help. We like to believe we can do everything on our own to the highest standard. I got it. Yeah, like I, I got exactly it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it just, you know, it can take such a toll on our mental health, on our well-being, on our personal satisfaction. But I also want to call out that it can really start to limit our professional success over time. Again, we think about perfectionism as this positive quality, and it has been, you know, for much of our early lives, perhaps yeah. in our careers, where it actually becomes so limiting. You know, we do start to reach those places of burnout, as I've already described that, you know, we may find ourselves 
turning down, you know, really cool work opportunities because we're afraid that we're not going to be able to do them to the perfect standard that we require of ourselves. Or we may just bring that fear of failure to our everyday work, which limits, as we all know, creativity, you know, open-mindedness, innovation, or it may lead us to, you know, control uh, the work of others, perhaps a nice way to say exactly. And so I think it's important for us to recognize that yes, perfectionism may have served us well. Yes, we bring a lot of positive qualities to the table. And when taken too far, you know, these patterns actually, um, you know, can turn themselves on their head and start to be the thing that limits us in, in terms of our own satisfaction, our own professional success. Yeah. So that is what I was going to ask you. If we're sitting here going, yeah, a lot of those behaviors helped me. I can even say for me, help me get here. Some of our listeners are saying, yeah, but like, that's how I am a high achiever. So how can saucers or us, how can we be still be high achievers without being perfectionists? Is that possible? Oh, I'm so, so glad you asked that question. I need this. I need this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause again, so yeah. many of us assume if we give up those those perfectionist patterns. We are no longer going to be high achievers. We're no longer going to be successful in our work. We're no longer going to, you know, live up to our reputation in the eyes of our peers. And that that's that's a scary set of things to contemplate. Um, you know, but for the reasons we we just talked about, you know, when our perfectionism is in the driver's seat at work, we're fearful of failure. We control the work of others. We may find ourselves waiting for for perfect answers, perfect solutions, and, and driving uncertainty and decision through our teams. We we burn ourselves out. We burn our you know others out. Um, but when we choose to let go of some of this and start to do the hard work of letting go of these patterns. The amazing thing is that our work actually improves. We become even higher performers. You know, yeah. we realize that we can let go and, and empower others in the process. We can make mistakes and, and we can learn from those mistakes and actually be better professionals uh, for learning from them. Um, we can talk about our fears so that others, you know, can chime in and, and offer support, offer their perspective. And, you know, ultimately we, we can be imperfect, but we can still be excellent. And I want to share that, the data I've collected really bears this out in, in a powerful way. Um, I have launched Beyond Perfect in the workplace so that colleagues can can do this work uh, together in community. And literally 100% of, of the participants um, in, in this program have reported improvement in professional areas of focus for them, including efficiency in their jobs, efficacy in their jobs, satisfaction, sustainability in their jobs. They report willingness to take creative risks and supportive innovation, more feelings of belonging, um, you know, improved ability to to manage their teams, communicate with with others. And I just think it's so important, um, you know, for for saucers, for others to to hear this and internalize Mm -hmm. it because it can feel so scary to give up these patterns. Yeah. Our careers improve. We become even higher achievers and we're just more satisfied in our jobs and our lives uh, in the process. Yeah. And it's so powerful to hear that. And I love knowing those results because it is a a bit contrary to, I think, the wiring of how, how we're automated to feel here, which would be all the things we've just said. Are we going to give up our high achievement and our strive for excellence if we let go of these patterns because they have served us so well and so successfully in the past and to this point. Um, how, how can 
saucers get involved. You just you just referenced kind of the the program maybe in in the wild a little bit, but I I know there's so many people listening thinking I could keep talking about this and and how do I how do I take advantage and get involved? Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing I want to say is that, you know, the, the good news in all of this is that we can change. You know, perfectionism is not something we're born with, you know, that we, we have no ability um, to change. I like to describe perfectionism as a muscle, you know, one we have developed for very, very good reasons, as we've talked about. But the problem really comes in when we have overdeveloped that muscle and we are defaulting to using it. In every situation, even when you know it may not be the most effective um, or satisfying approach, um, you know. So, with intentionality, with with a willingness to question some deeply held assumptions, with a, a willingness to sit in that discomfort that is a big personal change process, we can start to activate different muscles in place of that perfectionist muscle. Um, and it can feel scary at first, but it just feels so good when we get there. Like we get to sleep more, we get to have more fun, uh, we get some of our brain space uh, back. We yeah. learn to enjoy our jobs more, like be more present and authentic with our families, with our friends, and um, you know, because this way of operating is just so deeply ingrained for so many of us, has been rewarded for so long. You know, it can be hard to do this work alone, which is why I've created uh, Beyond Perfect so that we can do this work in community with an inspiring group of women who have our backs, who are trying out these different approaches uh, together, comparing notes. So if saucers are interested in continuing this conversation, you know, would love to invite them to join one of our groups of inspiring women who's doing this work together, um, you know, or visit uh, me at gobeyondperfect.com and uh, follow me on social media or my newsletter, just so you can start to, you know, learn more about some of these topics and inform yourself because developing awareness of when your perfectionism is showing up, what it looks like, what it feels like, um, what other approaches might be available is really the, the first most important step to take. I love, I actually wanted to ask you, Ashley, you've spoken a lot about women. Do you feel that perfectionism um, impacts women more than men? Has there been any research that you've done on that? Um, and do you specifically, tar does your program work with women? I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. So Beyond Perfect does focus um, on, on women in particular, but perfectionism shows up for people of all backgrounds, all genders. But, you know, those of us um, who were socialized as women, who identify as women, we, we often experience a flavor of perfectionism that I find to be particularly pernicious. Like women um, are expected often to be perfect in so many dimensions of our lives, at work, in our parenting, in our romantic relationships, with how we take care of our bodies. And so it can just become so destructive uh, for women to experience perfectionism across the board. And it makes a world of sense that we experience perfectionism in this way. You know, social structures perpetuate this for women. And that's because so many people like the surface level benefits having a perfectionist in their lives. Uh, yeah. lives. You know, our employers, they, they may get, you know, uh, high volume, high quality work with minimal errors. Our, our partners, maybe they, you know, get to do less or have an organized home or have a partner who takes care of her body or our kids, you know, maybe they get more attention, more stuff, um, more activities, whatever it is having a perfectionist parent offers them. But, you know, at the end of the day, perfectionism ends up undermining 
the things that each of those people care a lot more deeply about. So, you know, our employers, they also want employees who learn, who take risks in service of innovation and integrity, who welcome diverse perspectives, who can stay the course for the long haul and don't burn themselves out uh, by, you know, trying to attain some unreasonable and perfect or perfect standard. And our partners, they, they want to be loved and accepted for who they are. Um, our kids, they want the same thing. They want to be loved and accepted for who they are, but they also want to get to know their true parent, you know, not the mom that she is performing or trying so hard to be in service of being a perfect parent. So for it's for all of these reasons that, that I work with women, because the world tells us, the very air we breathe tells us that we should show up this way and we should show up this way across the board, um, you know, which is just so overwhelming um, and and has all of the impacts that we've already talked about during our time together today. So it's really energizing for me to, um, you know, to walk side by side with women and show them it doesn't have to be this way. It's so energizing for us to hear and have you share and you can tell you have, I mean, having worked with you briefly outside of, you know, the this arena, like we're discussing right now and beyond perfect, I can just tell how energizing this is for you. And it feels like honestly, a very natural gift. I'm I'm imagining the saucers are green, just hearing you talk, you have so much passion about it and so much wisdom to share. And it's very relatable. Very. So thank you for taking this on. Yes. Yes. Well, we, when we share this episode, we will absolutely share how to find you on social, how to find the website, the newsletter, all that good stuff. And so saucers, if you're, if you're not ready for the conversation to end, uh, don't worry. There are many, many more ways to get, to get to Ashley and to continue to learn more. We can't let her out of here though, without our lightning round, right? There's just, there's oh, just, gosh. yeah, there's no way. <laughs> um, so maybe I'll kick us off with the first question and I Take think it away. Ashley, lightning round, intentionally quick, short answers to the best, to the best of our ability, though Liz and I both tend to be robust. So we <laughs> aren't very good at it. I'll do, um, I'll do my best. I may not be perfect, but I'll do my best. Hey, we don't need perfect. Oh, we're here for exactly. <laughs> we okay, authentically first, you. <laughs> first question, what is your favorite thing to do to relax? Uh, I love going on walks um, more than anything else, especially walks with my my dog. If I can manage it, she's older and she literally likes to stop and sniff everything. So going on walks with my dog makes me literally stop and smell the roses uh, or maybe pine needles, uh, given I live here in Colorado. But that, that's an easy one for me. Love it. So good. And I don't know that we said you live in Boulder, Colorado, which is truly, I think, one of the most incredibly beautiful, you know, places in the US to live. So um, I'm biased, but I think so too. Yes, I can imagine pretty an incredible place to to walk. I'll go. What is your favorite show, podcast, book right now, or one that you want to highlight? Well, I have loved reconnecting with the two of you through the sauce um, okay. so thank you for all of the good stuff you are bringing to the world through this podcast. Um, I'll share that I recently read a book called uh, 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman, um, and it just provided such a helpful perspective for people like myself who feel the need to be constantly productive and 
and, you know, want to maintain control over every moment of their day and use every moment uh, to its best and highest use. And he provides a really helpful, um, insightful perspective that kind of turns some of that thinking on its head. That 4,000 Weeks. 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman. Right. I'll add, I'll ask one more is you went to two schools. You went one on the East Coast, Harvard, one on the West Coast, Stanford. Which one's the best? We want to know. Oh, no. Uh, All right. Uh, I I had a great experience uh, at both schools, and I truly believe that you know no matter where you go to school, you can have an amazing experience and make the most of it. And um, you know I'm, I feel very lucky uh, to have been able to go to both of those schools. Uh, I am biased to the beautiful, warm weather uh, of Palo Alto, Fair. California, Fair. and took took advantage of it. Went on a lot of bike rides, a lot of amazing hikes. Uh, got up into the mountains while I was there. So I think my my time there definitely holds a special place in my heart. You got that Cali life. I get it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Boston Winter's Fair. Okay, good. And then Mall, bring us home. Final, final. Final, final. Okay. We ask this to every single one of our guests, Ashley. So you you, you can no, be no different. Please tell us what is Ashley Carter's secret sauce? Mm. That's a big, big question. Um, you know, I think for me, uh, my secret sauce is that I've decided to live the life that I want today. You know, perfectionists, so many of us, just high achievers more generally, like we spend so much of our time working to suck to obtain some hypothetical perfect future. And we just forget to enjoy the present or worse, you know, we burn ourselves out in the process and, and never get there. And, you know, I think I've realized in a small way, I haven't been perfect um, in this regard, but I've realized that I can live the life I want and I can live that today. You know, it takes some discomfort. It, it, it takes giving up on some things that I ideally would want in my perfect life. But, you know, I can go on those walks in the foothills. I can spend more time with my kids. I can do work that I am really, really professionally energized by. And, you know, I'm so lucky that I've had the encouragement of, you know, my husband, my friends, my parents in doing this, but I want to offer that same encouragement to the saucers as well. Like we can choose to live the life that we want and we can choose to live that today if we're willing to get creative, if we're willing to get a little uncomfortable as well. I like that. I know that's so good. Live the life that you want today. Do not wait. Ashley, thank you so much. What an incredible conversation and just congrats again on Beyond Perfect. We appreciate you being here and cannot wait to see all the continued success you are going to have. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Liz, for having me here. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you for tuning in to the Sauce Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our personal anecdotes and biz tips and tricks we shared today. If you wouldn't mind subscribing and or following the podcast on any platform or leaving a one-line review of the podcast, it helps us out tremendously. Thank you, thank you. Molly and I would also like to state that everything stated on this podcast is our own opinions and it's not shared on the behalf of others or on our employers. Thank you.